Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 25 of Eclipse titled Mirror. And I gotta tell you, I have no freaking clue what the hell that chapter title means. Some of the chapter titles in this book, I swear she's just pulled a random word out of her ass and said, that'll be the title of this chapter. They don't mean anything. They're just words, just random words. Like, let's go through them. We've had ultimatum, evasion, motives, nature, nature. Nature was a chapter title just because what she was like walking in a forest or something. Imprint. All right, that one's kind of fun. Switzerland. Oh. When she does the metaphor ones, that's what kills me. Unhappy ending, which, yeah, okay, that's something. At least we got two words, which is fun. Temper, target, scent, legends, time, time. She named a chapter time. Newborn, declaration, wager. Like, are you kidding me? And And so on and so forth. And some of them, like the most tenuous of links. Anyway, this one's Mira. Let's see if we can deconstruct meaning from it as we go along. But I digress. Let's just recap where we left off. So she was like super mad at Seth because he wasn't communicating to her as a human. (laughs) And then the fight starts happening. So Seth and Edward disappear. And then Riley, this guy, Riley. He pops up. Apparently he's a newborn vampire that's been working with, oh my God, Victoria. It was Victoria all along. <laughs> like what a shock. What a shock, guys. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Victoria all along. Who's been pulling every evil string? It's been Victoria all along. She's insidious, so perfidious That you haven't even noticed and the pity is Pretty, 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 pretty It's too late to fix anything Now that everything has gone wrong Thanks to Victoria, naughty Victoria It's been Victoria all along And you killed James too Who would have thought that the person with a vendetta against Bella was trying to kill Bella? What a bloody shock. And so then a fight ensued. There was one little moment where Bella was like, I'm going to cut open my arm so I bleed everywhere to distract the vampires. 
so that Edwin and Seth can defeat Victoria and Riley, which wasn't very necessary. And so Edward lops Victoria's head off, and that's the end of that chapter. So we start chapter 25, Mira, and she's in shock. She can't move. Her feet are stuck onto the ground, she says. And Edward is just swift and coolly businesslike, dismembering the headless corpse. (laughs) So he's just getting down to business while she's just standing up against the cliff face, being like, oh my God, that just happened. Meanwhile, Seth is pulling together a pile of Riley's limbs. He's just picking up Riley's limbs from throughout the forest. And Seth's carrying large chunks of the body in his mouth. And Bella's thinking, ew. She's thinking, um, why isn't he changing into his human form so he can use his hands? These are the things she's thinking about. Like she's acting like she's catatonic, super in shock, can't move. And yet she's pondering why he would have a torso in his mouth rather than just be in his human form to use his hands, regardless of the fact that he'd be naked. There's a lot going on here, Bells. I think he can handle himself with his mouth. It doesn't matter if he doesn't have hands. Then Edward whips out a lighter. Well, she says Edward pulled out a silver rectangle from his pocket. And then she tells us that it's a lighter. Oh, no fucking shit. See, Veronica Roth does this in Divergent 2. And she did that in last week's episode and it really shit me where she was like describing in detail what a lipstick is without telling us that it was a lipstick. She's like, Christina pulls out a black tube, which was circular. And then she unwound it. And then a scarlet little spout came out of the tube. It's just, it's just say lipstick. What, what are with these shitty authors who are like insisting on describing everyday household objects without just naming them. These things have names, use the names. And then they do follow up with the name like a minute later. And it's like, oh, so you know what it's called. So you know what it's called. You're just refusing to call it by its name. That's my little rant. (laughs) Okay. So then the fire lights straight away. One little flick of his little Zippo lighter. And then boom, there's a bonfire in the forest. And as an Australian reading this, and there's, there's bushfires in other places as, as well. But like, as an Australian reading this, I was like, you can't light a fire in the woods just willy nilly, especially not a fire on the scale to burn vampire corpses. I'm sorry. Uh, that's wildly irresponsible. This is how forest fires start. This is how we lose habitats. But they don't care. They're scouring the campsite for little pieces of vampire flesh and then throwing it onto the bonfire. They're just like, doop 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 just getting the work done. Meanwhile, Bella's just still there frozen. Like, oh, bitch, you know what? You can just, like, take a load off and sit down, perhaps. Because, like, really, it's not the most traumatic thing to have ever happened to Bella fucking Swan, right? The shenanigans in the ballet studio was much more traumatic. Her gap year to Italy was also traumatic. But this, this is nothing. So they finish burning the vampire corpse and Edward goes, nice teamwork. And Seth's like, oof. And so then Edward's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend who's frozen across the way. He approaches her all warily. And she's like, why is he being wary with me? She's like, why is he afraid of me when he wasn't afraid of Victoria and Riley? I love how we just know that this character's called Riley. Bella's like, oh, that's Riley. She's just met him, heard his name like once. And now she's like referring to him as Riley. Oh, my best friend, Riley. But oh my God, she's, she was holding the rock this whole time. Remember the rock that she picked up so that she could cut her own wrists? Well, she was still holding it. And I presume up to her skin because Edward's like, hey, Bells, 
um, Bells, could you drop the rock, please? Just be super careful. Like, don't hurt yourself. And she's like, what's he talking about? Then she's like, I realize I'm still holding the rock. God, she's an idiot. She forgot she was holding the rock. (sighs) Okay. And so then Edward, he's still hesitating, like staring at her being like, oh my God, she's, she's lost it. She's lost the bloody plot. And she says, it took me a few long seconds to remember how to move my fingers. Take a drink. Take a drink from now on. Whenever she says a second is long or short, rather than just being the length of a second. And Edward, he's misinterpreting everything because Bella's just an idiot. But he's like, it's okay, Bella, you're safe. I'm not going to hurt you. And she's like, why would you hurt me? And he's like, I thought I thought you were afraid of me because you just saw me murder Victoria. And she's like, I'm not afraid of you dismembering a corpse. Of course, I'm not afraid of you. And he's like, whoa, why is she not afraid of me? There's something going on here. There's something wrong with her brain. But they bond over it because he's like, aren't you afraid of me? And she's like, afraid of you? Why would I be afraid of you? Because he's a bloody vampire, Bella. Like, have you figured that bit out yet? I don't know if she has. And then they embrace and she starts to sob. And he's like, it's over, babe. Um, Come down. And she goes, it's fine. I'm just freaking out. Just give me a minute. And he's like, okay, yeah. Well, all right. Sorry about all of this. And then she's like, oh my God, did, did she hurt you? And she examines like his body looking for like wounds. And he says, I'm fine. And she goes, what about Seth? You just saw Seth. You just saw Seth. You were musing about why he wasn't transforming into a being with hands. You know, he's fine. And Edward's like, yeah, he's more than fine. He's very pleased with himself. In fact, you know, because he just took down a vampire. And she goes, what about the others? Alice, Esme, the wolves. And he goes, yeah, it's all fine. It's fine. Everything went just as smoothly as I promised. Uh, rewind the tape on that one. It went just as smoothly as I promised. Did it? Did it? I thought the plan was for her to be in a tent the whole fucking day with no interactions with any vampires. But oh, when all is, when all according to plan. God, talk about rewriting history, Edward Cullen. And she's thinking, wow, we did it. It all went according to plan. Victoria was never part of your plan because she never figured it out. But okay, um, all right. And so then not one to let something go. Bella's like, okay, well, why, why were you assuming that I would be afraid of you? What's all that about? You know, she's got to address an issue immediately. And he says, well, I didn't want you to see me like that. You know, I must have been terrifying. And she's like, huh, seriously, you think that'd scare me off? And she starts snorting. Snorting, guys, snorting. She says, I snorted. Oh my goodness. She said snorting was good. A voice couldn't tremble or break during a snort. She just used the phrase snort like three times in a row. Stop snorting, Bells. And if I were Edward, I'd be like, oh, okay, so you're not scared of me. Good. Let's just put a pin in that. Uh, Let you process what's just happened. Maybe sit down, have a cup of tea and we'll come back to it. But he goes, what? He's like, Bella, I just beheaded and dismembered a sentient creature, not 20 yards from you. That doesn't bother you. And it's like, well, it sounds like you want it to bother her. Like if she was a normal human being, like, yes, it would bother her. But clearly she's tapped. So maybe let it slide. It's like this weird reverse gaslighting. I don't even know how to explain it. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. I'm not bothered. She says, am I bothered? And she says, I was only afraid that you and Seth were going to get hurt. I wanted to help, but there's only so much I can do. And he's like, 
Oh yeah. Thanks for that, by the way, your little stunt with the rock. You know you nearly gave me a heart attack. Not the easiest thing to do, that. And she's like, well, Seth was hurt, so like I had to help. Like in her mind, the only thing she could have done was use that rock to open up a wound on her body to let out some blood. You could have thrown the rock. Could have thrown the rock at your best friend, Riley. But no, she thought I'll use the rock on myself. And Edward's like, Bella, you stupid bitch. He was faking it. He, he, he wasn't hurt. He was just fainting so that he could get the one up on Riley. But he couldn't see what you were doing with that whole rock shenanigan. So I had to step in before, you know, you hurt yourself or he got hurt. And now he doesn't have a single-handed vampire kill under his belt. So Seth's a bit pissed. And she's like, oh, wow, I really cooked that one, didn't I? (laughs) She says, I didn't know that. And she says she's on the offensive now. She goes, well, I didn't know that. It's not easy being the only helpless person around. Just you wait till I'm a vampire. I'm not going to be sitting on the sidelines next time. And he's like, whoa, next time. He's like, do you know something I don't? What's this next time? And she says, well, with my luck, who knows what will happen? Guys, you, you know the Volturi's coming. The next time isn't a mystery. It's not like this is such an intricately woven plot where we can't guess what's going to happen next. She set it up last book. The Volturi are the next fight. Okay, all right. Okay, sure. They think it's all sunshine and lollipops from this point on. All right, we'll see. And then Bella with her, you know, meticulous memory that she has, she says, wait a tick. Prior to the confrontation, you had said something about it being close. She's like, I'm trying to figure out what that means. What did you mean by it was going to be close? And he's like, Jesus, nothing gets past you all of a sudden. And he goes, that's nothing. Uh, but we do need to be on our way. And she's like, what are you not telling me, Ed? And he says, look, we only have a minute. Only a minute? What, what is this countdown that we've got all of a sudden? We only have a minute, so don't panic. You have no reason to be afraid. Just trust me on that. And she's like, Ed, tell me. But then all of a sudden, Edward gets distracted by something that Seth is thinking or that the pack hive mind is thinking. And Edward's going, no. And he's like reaching out his hands and Seth's like, oh, like making a little anxious wolf sound, which is what I think. Oh, is. And then Edward's falling to his knees, his face furrowed in pain. And Bella's like, oh God, what's going on? What now? And Edward's saying, it's okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. Sam, help him. And she realizes that he's not talking to her. He's talking through the pack as the pack. Like, I know Edward can read minds. Edward can read minds. And yet this little scene seems to be implying that he's feeling every single emotion that the pack are feeling. And he's like connected into their hive mind. Just stop reading their minds. You're not feeling pain just because one of them feels pain. Like, surely that's not how it works because he just killed Victoria. Did he feel her pain? He can read her mind. He didn't feel her pain. None of it makes sense. But Bella figures it out. She's like, oh, he's talking about Sam. There's no unseen force attacking them. This time the crisis was not here. So for like a second, she thought like an invisible person was attacking Edward and Seth. Is that what she thought? What a fucking idiot. And so now Bella's freaking out. She says she's burned through all her adrenaline. She had nothing left. And so she's like fainting. And Edward, he's like, Seth, you got to go. Go home. Go fast as you can. And Seth's like, and he goes, Seth, trust me. And Seth goes, oh, 
And then they have like sustained eye contact. She says, the huge wolf stared into Edward's agonized eyes for one long second. Take a drink. What did I tell you? She uses that bad boy of a phrase all the time. And then Edward runs off into the forest. And she's like, Ed, Ed, what happened? Edward, what happened? What happened to Sam? What's going on? And he's picked her up and he starts walking her towards the clearing. And he's like, we got to get to the clearing. We knew there was a good probability of this happening. Earlier this morning, Alice saw it and passed it through Sam to Seth. The Volturi decided it was time to intercede. So what did I say? What did I say? They're coming. Here she was picturing a happy ending and it's like she forgot about the Volturi. And Edward was all in on that little fantasy, even though he knew that they were coming. And she's like, oh my God, the Volturi. It was the Volturi all along. And she's like, oh my God, the Volturi. What? Of all people at a time and place like this. And it's like, yeah, they're the vampire like law officers of the world. When there's a newborn vampire uprising, killing dozens of humans in Seattle, they're going to come a calling. We knew this. Also classic fucking Alice to only notice this at the last point in time. Alice only saw it this morning and yet they are somehow here in America when they live in Italy. It's still the morning in this timeline. So I feel like they made the decision to fly to America a fair while ago. I don't know why she didn't say it earlier. Maybe she was distracted, maybe. No, she's told us she was keeping an eye on the Volturi. I don't know how this is news to Alice. Unless they're on like a Concorde jet that's getting them there super freaking quickly. Because we know as readers of this saga that vampires prefer to fly commercially, but maybe the Volturi, because they're rich, they chartered a super quick jet. Let's just roll with that. And Edward says, don't panic. This is normal. They usually come to investigate these sorts of messes. (laughs) Oh, do they? This is brand new information. He says, of course, they seem to have timed their arrival very carefully, which leads me to believe that no one in Italy would mourn if these newborns had reduced the size of the Cullen family. So he's saying that they were stalling to try and clear out the Cullen clan. But also, like, would the Volturi not be concerned about this pack of emerging werewolves? The historical nemesis of the vampire. Maybe they would be concerned about that. Maybe they would know about that. Who knows? They would know about that, right? Because Arrow touched Alice's hand and and knew every single thought that Alice had, right? Isn't that Arrow's gift? You touch the hand, he sees every single thought that's ever passed through your little brain. And so Alice knew that werewolves existed, not only because of the events of New Moon, but also like the treaty that her family signed a hundred years ago with werewolves. So they've been around, they've been kicking around for a while. So Arrow should know that they exist. So maybe they should come to investigate wolves. That's what I'm trying to get at. Basically, what took them that long? The Volturi have three separate points of interest in Washington. You'd think they would have come calling sooner. That's all I'm saying. And Edward says, we're going back to the clearing because it's safer for us to present a united front. Jane's with them. If she thought we were alone somewhere with the others, it might tempt her. Dimitri is with her as well. And he, his power is tracking people. So they'll be able to find Bella anyway, is what he's saying. And Bella's freaked the fuck out because she's terrified of Jane. But then Edward says, oh, Bella, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Alice can see that it will be fine. Why would you trust Alice? 
of all the people in the world that I would trust, Alice is at the bottom. And she's thinking, oh, Alice could see, that means the wolves mustn't be there, so the wolves have left. And Edward says, yeah, the Volturi do not honor truces with werewolves. And it's like, okay, yeah, fair enough. But then he says, don't worry, they'll be fine. The Volturi won't recognize the scent. They won't realize the wolves are here. This isn't a species they are familiar with. How so? I just explained how Arrow knows about the existence of wolves, but okay, sure, all right. The Volturi, never heard of werewolves. Not a fucking clue. Also, like, movies exist in the Twilight Saga universe. They've never seen Teen Wolf. They've never seen Oz on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think the Volturi know a werewolves once they seize thems. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And then Bella's like, okay, but hold up. Remember, because she hears conversations and she clutches onto certain words. She's like, explain what was happening with Seth Howling and when you were saying that you were hurt. What, what, what the hell was going on there? And Edward's like, and she says, Edward. And he says, all right, well, it was all over, but the wolves didn't count their half. They thought they had them all. Of course, Alice couldn't see, but one of the newborns was hiding. Leah found him. She was trying to engage him alone because she was all cocky. And she's like, oh my God, Leah. And she says, I was too weak to feel shame for the relief that flooded through me. Oh my God, she's like relieved that Leah was the one to be hurt or presumably die. She doesn't know that Leah's still alive. And she's like, oh, thank God it's just Leah. 
<laughs> Poor Leah has suffered enough, Bella. She suffered enough. And Edward's like, oh, don't worry, it wasn't Leah. And then she stares at Edward for a long second. Take another drink. And she's like, oh, no. Who is it? Who is it? And then she sees hanging over the trees, like another low cloud and a column of smoke. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's a burning pile of corpses. And then she's like, Edward, someone got hurt. Tell me. Tell me who it is. Who got hurt? And then it took him a long moment to answer. And I'll let that one slide because moments can be long, I guess. And he says, look, it was Jacob, all right. And she's like, oh, no. And she says, of course. And then she slipped off the edge she was clinging to inside her head and she faints. So then she's waking up. All the vampires are around her and Carlisle's examining her. But they're all talking like she's not awake already, even though they should hear her breathing or like her heart. I don't, I don't really understand what someone fainting is like. Maybe they have a slower heart rate than when they're awake. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Carlisle Cullen's the doctor here, but you'd think seven vampires standing around in a circle would notice when a bitch is unconscious or not, but they're all talking about her. Like she's not there. They're like, Oh, she'll come around soon. She's just had a lot to deal with today. And then Edward's saying, Alice, how long do we have? And she says, hmm, another five minutes and Bella will open her eyes in 37 seconds. I wouldn't doubt that she can hear us now. Okay, so Alice has these visions, but apparently she also has visions with a timestamp. She knows that it's going to happen in 37, 37 seconds precisely. How can she say it's not a decision if she's just waking up from... Being unconscious, is that a decision? Would you really sit? Oh, I can't get into it. And so then Edward's saying to her, while she's still pretending to be asleep, he's saying to her, don't worry, Bella, he's going to live. Jacob is healing as I speak. (laughs) He says, Jacob Black is healing as I speak. I don't know if we need the full name. (laughs) I think think Bella knows who you're talking about. She's not thinking you're talking about Jacob McGee from down at La Push. No, he's got to specify that it's Jacob Black. We know, Edward. And then she opens her eyes. I guess it's 37 seconds later because she's opening her eyes and she's like, is Jacob really okay? And he says, Jacob who? Jacob, Jacob Black or Jacob McGee? And she says, Jacob Black. And he says, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Jacob McGee though, burned his hand on a hot plate. He's, he's got to go up to emergency and get that checked. But yeah, Jacob Black is fine. And Carlisle says, I examined him myself. His life is not in any danger. He's healing at an incredible rate even though his injuries were quite extensive, so we might not be the same for a few days. And Carlisle says, it would be nice if I could get him into his human form. That might make treating him easier. I've never been to veterinary school. Why not? You've been alive for 600 years. Why have you been sleeping on veterinary school? Maybe because he doesn't value animal life because they drink animal blood all the time. I don't know, but Carlisle, you don't seem so distinguished right now, do you? And she says, what happened? And they just say the whole story again about how he helped Leah. He pushed Leah out of the way or something. And then the newborn got his arms around him. And most of the bones on the right half of his body were shattered. Oof, that's got to hurt. But he's already improving. He's halfway back to normal and he won't have any permanent damage. So all's well that ends well. And then Alice is like, three minutes from now, guys. Three minutes. This is your three minute call. Because again, she has visions attached to timestamps. And then she realizes, hold on a tick. There's eight vampires in the clearing. So there's this girl who's sitting next to the flames and her arms are wrapped around her legs 
and she's super young. She's maybe like 15, dark haired, and she's got big, bright red eyes because she's a vampire. And she says much brighter eyes than Riley's. Okay, so she was, as I said, best friends with this Riley guy that she's memorized his eye, eye color. And she's referring to him like they're besties. Edward says, oh, she surrendered. Carlisle offered her the choice. Instead of killing her, Jasper doesn't approve. But then this girl, she's screaming in anguish because I guess she got a whiff of Bella and she wants the blood. Because remember, Bella is super special. She's boring. She's dull. She's insipid. She's slow on the uptake. She has a good memory. But her blood does smell good. If there's one thing we can say about Bella Swan, it's that her blood smells fantastic. Except to herself, she passes out when she smells her own blood, obviously. Lest we not forget that subplot. Um, okay, so she's wailing, being like, ah, oh, let me at her, let me at her. And Carlisle says, oh, have you changed your mind? Because we can destroy you if you want, but, you know, maybe you could try and control yourself. And she says, how can you stand it? I want her. And Carlisle says, you must stand it. You must exercise control. It is the only thing that will save you now. And Bella's like, hey, Edward, should we not perhaps move away from this newborn vampire that's just talking about how good I smell? And Edward's like, no, we'll be fine. (laughs) He says, we have to stay here. They are coming to the north end of the clearing now. So for once, Bella had a good instinct, I thought. I was sort of on Bella's side there being like, yeah, maybe you should scooge over a little bit so you're not near that crazy newborn vampire. And Edward was like, nah, we got other fish to fry, other things to worry about. Fish fry. I wonder how Harry Clearwater's fish fry is going. Obviously he's dead now, but I wonder if the fish fry is still kicking around in Charlie's fridge. That's another abandoned subplot. Bring back the fish fry. And so then she's looking at this girl. She says she's also pale. (laughs) and this is when she says I stared at her mesmerized wondering if I were looking into a mirror of my future so there we have the title of the chapter there's the big reveal and I don't know if I would call them a mirror image because the only similarities they have are that they're pale (laughs) she's considerably younger she's got red eyes she's a vampire etc etc but Bella's just bringing it back to herself there's this Poor girl that's been turned into a vampire. She's been manipulated by Riley to come and fight people. And now she's surrendering and she's battling like withdrawals from blood. And Bella's like, this is about me somehow. This is what I might be like when I become a vampire. It's not about you, Bells. Even though it was about you, the reason that she's here. But it's not about you, Bells. So they all huddle together. They're a united front. And then billowing forward come the Volturi. And Jane's just there at the front being like, hmm. And she's like, I recognize that voice. That's Jane. (laughs) Did her and Jane ever talk? Did they have much of a conversation? I thought Jane was the strong silent type, but she just says, hmm, from the mist. (laughs) And, And she says, it was a dead voice. I recognize the apathy at once. Jane's famous apathy. And so she also makes reference to Jane being super short. She's like, oh, even though Jane is two feet shorter than everyone else, she's the most powerful, the most dangerous. I'm so scared of her. And yet Alice is short and she's always like, oh my God, Alice, poor, poor, small Alice. She's too small to be fighting. She's too tiny. She's so breakable. And yet Jane, same height and she's terrified. So the four Volturi seem to be Jane, Felix, Dimitri, 
and some other bastard who doesn't get any dialogue. So we don't know who that is. And Jane's looking at this newborn vampire and she's like, what's going on here? I don't get it. And Edward's like, oh, she's surrendered. And Jane's like, yeah, I don't think that's an option. She broke the rules, so she's got to die. And Carlisle's like, oh, fuck, all right. Well, I was just trying to be a good Samaritan, but geez, step off my neck. And so then Jane's like, so guys, how you been? What's going on? Um, By the way, lots of uh, vampire limbs on this bushfire that's going on. Um, how many people, how many, how many were there, by the way? Just, just out of curiosity. They left quite a wake of destruction in Seattle. And Carlisle says, 18, including this one. And Jane's like, 18, that's, that's quite a lot for, for just you guys, for all seven of you vampires. And then she says, who was their creator? And Edward goes, oh, it was Victoria. No one important, just Victoria. And Jane is interrogating them. She's like, okay, so is Victoria included in that 18 number you just gave me? And they're like, yeah, well, it was the 18 plus Victoria. And then Victoria had a buddy as well. Riley, we like to call him. And Jane's like, okay, okay, so who killed Victoria? And Edward's like, I did. And she's like, huh, okay. So then Jane's like, hey, newborn, what's your name? And she says, oh, I'm Bray. Hey, nice to meet you, I'm Bray. But she only says that after Jane does her little mind torture trick. And Bray is like, obviously not about that. So she's like, I'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to know. And she says, Bray, were there 20 vampires? Like, I want to get the numbers down. I don't know why Jane cares so much about the numbers game, but she's like, were there 20? Let me know. And she says, yeah, I don't know, like 19 or 20. How the fuck do I know? I'm just a little pleb. I'm a 15 year old girl who became a vampire yesterday. I don't know what's going on. And Jane says, well, did this Victoria person I've heard so much about, did she create you? And she goes, I don't know. She says, Riley never said her name. I didn't see that night. It was dark. It hurt. He didn't want us to be able to think of her. He said that our thoughts weren't safe. And so then Bella, she's like, oh my God, that Victoria, she's dastardly. She'd planned this all along. She said, if she hadn't have followed Edward, there would have been no way to know for certain that she was involved. Of course she was involved, Bella. If they hadn't run into Victoria, (laughs) they would have just been like, oh, well, that was weird. Wonder who organized that newborn uprising, but who could it have been? Wasn't it Victoria? No, no one's ever said it was Victoria. Oh gosh. So then Bree says, Riley, our best friend Riley, he had told us that we needed to destroy the people with the strange yellow eyes. Like I know she's just talking about vampires that don't drink human blood, but I don't love that. I do not love that. She says, Riley told us that we had to destroy the strange yellow eyes here. Oof, I uh, just, oof. if I was the copy editor, I would have just said, is there another way to rephrase this? Oof. And she says, it, it would have been easy. And Jane's like, doesn't look easy. So then Jane says to Carlisle, okay, so 20. All right, we've settled on the number 20. Are you sure you got all of them? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so then she says, I can't deny that I'm impressed. See, she's angling being like, who helped you? Was it the pack of werewolves that we totally don't know about? but secretly do know about? Are they here? How can she not smell them? We had this whole thing about Jacob 
carrying Bella through the forest shirtless because that was covering up her scent because the vampires won't be able to smell Bella because the werewolves smell so bad. For two whole books now, we've had Edward and Jacob telling Bella that she stinks whenever one's hanging out with the other for a while. And now Jane and the Volturi, ancient, knowledged, wizened vampires, can't get a whiff of the werewolves that have been running around the clearing just before they got there. That's silly. That's silly. So Jane's still doing the Inquisition. She says, all right, well, what was Victoria's game plan here, guys? Why was she, why was she here? Why was she doing this? And Edward goes, oh, she had a grudge against Bella. Well, no, like she had the grudge against you, Edward, and she was just going to kill Bella to make you feel bad. She, she never blamed Bella for it. <laughs> Bella was a pawn in her game to get back at you. But here Edward is being like, oh, it's all Bella's fault. Talk about throwing your partner under the bus. And then Jane, just because she's psycho, she tries to do the little mental torture trick on Bella, but it doesn't work. But Edward knows that she tried and Edward's like, can you maybe not? And then Jane's like, oh, well, too bad we missed the fight. Would have been fun. And Edward's like, yeah, weird that you guys were so close and happened to miss it. Isn't that weird? And Jane's like, yeah, pity, huh? Funny how things turn out. And so then they go to like, I don't know, kill Bray on the spot or something. And Carlisle's like, hey, you know what? Let us take responsibility for Brie. We'll take care of her. And Jane's like, nah, that's not how it works. And then she looks at Bella and she goes, oh, by the way, Caius will be so interested to hear that you're still human, Bella. Maybe he'll come visit. And Alice just goes, oh, the date is set. And Jane's like, ah, yeah, sure. About that. We'll see. We'll see. So then Jane says, take care of that Felix, just referring to Brie. Like we know her name. (laughs) It's Brie Tanner. She's got a short life, a very short life. Has anyone read that Brie Tanner little novelette or whatever it is, the short story about Brie Tanner? I haven't yet, but I'd be a bit intrigued based on this three page storyline we're getting from her. I mean, how much backstory can there be on Brie Tanner? There can't be much, but I'd like to read it. If you have any thoughts on that, let me know. Um, Okay. So then I guess Felix kills Brie in front of them all and Bella doesn't look, but she can hear it. So she hears sickening, crunching, snapping. And then Jane's like, all right, let's go. And so then the gray cloaks disappeared into the thick mist. And that's the end of the chapter. What a chapter. Out of the frying pan and into the fire, as Gandalf the gray would say. So next chapter is called Ethics. Oh, what can we glean from that? Another thrilling one word chapter heading. At least we figured out the mirror of this chapter. Like, geez, you know, if it were me, I would have titled this chapter something like the Volturi checks in, you know, something fun or Jane abroad or something like that. I don't know. Gray cloaks in the mist, something a bit more jazzy than just mirror. What a flop chapter heading. So I will see you guys next week for like one of the last couple of chapters of Eclipse. We're almost there. In the meantime, please feel free to head over to patreon.com slash breaking down bad books and check out the bonus content. We are similarly also finishing up on the Divergence Equal Insurgent, which has been a hoot. And if you're not interested in Patreon, maybe chuck us like a five-star review or something like that could be really sweet, really nice. I'd really appreciate that. And if you're not interested in that either, like, you know what, Whatever. What am I going to do? Force you to leave ratings and reviews? No, I can't do that. I need to stop talking. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye. 
Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.